Welcome to the Benjamins Assemble. Our presenting sponsor is John Naughty and the Naughty Law Group. When there is anything that you have a problem, we're talking about legal problem. There's one man that you want to talk to, and that's the people's attorney, John Naughty. Now, peep this. In this time, in this time, businesses are back opening up. Things might be awry, and let's just say that you know maybe you haven't paid rent or anything. But the city said that they got your back, but the landlord's still acting funky. There's one person you need to talk to for those business needs, or if there's a rent issue, there's one person you want to talk to. That's a friend, John Naughty, for the Naughty Law Group. Now, he has a history of getting his clients exactly what they want, whether that's they want to go to court, whether that's you want to settle. He will work out and get the best plan for you. Check him out. That's John Naughty. You can find him at www.naughtylawgroup.com. We're going to be having a very special episode here of the Avengers Assemble. We're going to be talking about Rush Hour. Also, we have a special guest later on in the show. You certainly do not want to miss that. Also, the weekly shift, it's been on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, we're going to be coming back strong. There's uh, some, There's been some changes happening over at the old comedy pop-up studios, but Starmada Media will still be pro- So please keep checking in with the weekly shift. There's going to be some uh, really great guests coming on. Um, but first, let's go ahead and give them a little beat. Back to the Avengers Assemble. This is your main man, Chris Wiggins. I'm joined, as always, by our friend downtown, Scotty Brown. No, I'm just kidding. If you rearrange, rearrange the letters, you can probably get that. But Scotty Bowers in the building. What's happening, my man? Cleveland Brown, Scotty Brown. Yeah, you're right. Cleveland Brown, downtown Scotty, a fan of the Cleveland Browns. And as always, we got our main man, Miguel P, up in the building. What's cracking? Yo, what up? What's good? Um, before we get into Rush Hour, there we took a – if you follow us on social media, or particularly Instagram – we had put out a post just letting everyone know that we want to be on hiatus. Um, encouraged all of you to listen to a lot of black-owned spot, uh, sorry, black-owned podcasts. Please continue to listen to those. Uh, they have great messages. They can teach you a lot for everyone that's trying to be an advocate. Uh, of course, we talk around uh, the squirrel and everything that's going around in this country and the temperature that they're that uh, we find ourselves in as it relates to the tragic passing of George Floyd. Uh, of course, we are recording this episode here on June 9th. Um, that's actually the same day as George Floyd's uh, funeral. We've all gotten a chance to reflect, and we took we took last week and the week before that to reflect on uh, everything that's going on. And w- before we went into rush hour and got into like some fun and uh, get brave, provided you like a little bit of lighthearted relief, we really did want to touch on this. Um, you know, Scott, Mike, and myself were deeply pained at the core by what happened. Um, I can say that for myself, uh, being the black member on this show, you know, I've gotten quite a few texts and calls and it's funny, like a lot of individuals who were screening my, uh, contact or so, or like reaching out to me, seeing how I am and everything. And it's like really weird. Cause I want to be like, Hey, where the fuck you been and everything, but they're doing a lot to become allies and all. Um, so, you know, I want to say just from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate, uh, individuals, um, well, whether, you know, whether they find, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're Asian, whether they're Latino, whether they are Pacific Islander, um, if I, and Middle Easterns as well, Middle Easterners rather as well. 
I appreciate all the re uh, the outreach that you're doing to me and those of you who are doing it for to others to find ways that we can look at the systemic oppression. I certainly I really appreciate those efforts and uh, I'm proud of what I'm seeing in our country right now in terms of this reaction and the action. Oh yeah, man. Like I'm so glad that you've gotten that support. And as someone uh, who, who I consider family, you, Thank I feel you guilty. Back, I feel guilty that, that, that I didn't reach out maybe uh, in the handwritten letter way that, that is serious. And what I mean by that is like, have you, have, dudes, have you guys ever gotten like a handwritten letter from another guy? Like ever? Like, uh, yeah, quite a few. Dude, uh, a... I mean, if letters from my cousins from jail count, then yes. Fuck yeah, that counts. Oh yeah, that counts. Maybe even more. I don't know. That's like a 1.5. Like, when you get a handwritten letter from a guy, like, that's like a... That's like an old school, like, that's the only way people used to communicate way. And I don't know. Uh -huh. I just feel like that's like a super, like, genuine way of reaching out. And, and so I guess, Chris, like, in my version of this in my life, like, I was like, a text message isn't good enough. In some ways, even even talking isn't, because we talk a lot. So, like, my way of doing that is right now. It's like, I want, I want to see, like, how you are, how your life is, how, like, it, are the things happening, is that a positive thing for you? Is that a negative thing for you? Like, obviously... There's things for me that I experience, but like I'm way less interested in that than I am like yeah. what you have to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly. Well, me number one, I appreciate uh, using this time for outreach and all, and uh, and I appreciate the question as well. I think that look, I I can't look at this as anything other than a positive. Um, never like sorry the the tragedy. Um, of not just George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and you got Ahmaud Arbery, and the millions, other, thousands other, you know. Millions, probably. Million, yeah, millions. No, they're fine. Yeah, millions. And uh, the, the, those who don't get video. Mm. Um, Preach. I think, I think that when you look at sort of where we are, uh, you know, where we are as a society, um, and, you know, I've, I've put this on social media quite a few times that how – Hey, you know, millennials get shitted on for being late. Called, we're called lazy, called entitled, called, you know, we're said like we have baby boomers saying that we complain and everything. Um, the, I, you know, I, I haven't seen near a millennial um, not take this seriously. I mean, obviously, there's a few people like Charlie Kirk, who's trash and Ben Shapiro, who's trash um, that don't get paid a damn, for but... by an old <laughs> fucking white ass baby boomer guy, by the way. Yeah. But Foster the, Freeze for those who the don't over, know. Like don't the, forget your girl Tammy. Tom, yeah, Tommy Laren and uh, Candace, Candace Owens, owned, Hodge twins, Candace, Candace owned and yeah, the Hodges twins and Diamond and Silk. Um, just like a bunch of like outside like conservative millennials, a lot of hardcore conservative millennials. Open and secrets. I'll say, Check it out. Just I'll Google say, those names. Open secrets. Find out they're literally on a payroll. Sorry to interrupt yeah. again. No, you're but. fine. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll say this, right? Um, I have friends that vote. I have a lot of friends. I've seen a lot of people um, that I interact with sort of daily that it's like they don't hide that they're Republican and all. Um, I see their black squares on Instagram. I see them saying, hey, you know what? Uh, let's, get, let's get some time to talk in person 
um, about what we can do different, right? And so when I when I do bring up like people like uh, there's like a lot of Charlie Kirk, like I'm talking the most extreme, right? People that like uh, I haven't seen them step up, but millennials, Generation Z, and Generation Z, like you should applaud yourself on the back um, because essentially everything that people complain about millennials and wanted us to do or whatever, despite the fact that we're already doing it. Um, Generation Z, you, you all have gone out of your way on this issue and like with a, and a myriad of different issues, right? But this really does stand out how active and, you know, I see the young 23-year-olds and everything just out and about, like marching every single day, right? Donating, you know? And, and, I, and I, one thing I want to make clear, because there, there's a lot of people saying, oh, the black square is not enough. Um, look, you can feel that way and all. Um, but I do look and say, hey, you know what? This person has a black square. Um, whether, that, whether that's insignificant in the sense that it doesn't change anything, right? Um, I see individuals, uh, Mike and I have talked about this. I see a lot of individuals that have 100,000 plus followers. Um, and I know that they don't interact with a ton of black people. Like, I might be the only black person that they interact with or so, right? I don't necessarily think that that counts as I, because I'm, I, you know, I have privileges of myself or whatever, just uh, due to tall height, stature, and a few other things or whatever that I'm insulated from. You're outgoing, you're lovely, you build relationships. There's a lot of stuff, dude. It's not just because you're tall. Okay. And it's not just because <laughs> oh, okay. you're black. But I know. that right. might, no, but, <laughs> but your point is, to your point. You might I was going to finish the, the point. But... Well, no, 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 no. I think that's, I think it's, no, I you downgraded yourself, no, no, no. though, and you should have. Yeah. Oh, so there, there are a myriad of factors, right, that uh, ingratiate me to in, different individuals. And, I, I, I hope, and I've told people I hope they, they realize that that is not a sign of uh, – that's a privilege that I have or so that not a lot of black people have, right? And so don't think that because of I'm perceived and treated some way by different groups that that means that uh, – what do you call it? That, you know, hey, everything's hunky-dory and great for black people and all. Yeah, because, um, like, they ain't making friends with bubbles from the wire, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I'm seeing, like, you know, I don't use this as hubris or anything like that, but the way I get treated as, like, a celebrity or how Wilt Chamberlain would have in the 60s, you know? At the end of the day, he's still black or so, but the larger-than-lifeness and the, hey, I want to be associated with that person or their critical mass or so, um, it means that I'm shielded from some aspects or what have you. Um, but the point, you know, the point that I really wanted to bring forward is that you're also uh, allowed to be arrogant as hell and compare yourself to Will Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me make it clear. I'm, I'm the way far less talented version of Will Chamberlain in, in every Stop man. I'm just kidding. No, no, it, it, it's it. true. Look, it's true. But the, the point I want to bring forward is that like um, Generation Z, like pat yourself on the back. Like they're not they're not placating. Uh, there's no placation happening. You know, you can sense that it's genuine, that they felt this, right? And for a lot of black people, everything that yeah, we said has, totally has happened. We finally get to see this on video. And then people are taking, you know, every issue seriously. And I, and I do want to say this, right? This, and, like, this, uh, this is a situation where it is not like, hey, um, because everybody's on our side or so, that that means that every case of a black person having an interaction um, with a police officer, automatically that it's like, oh, um, there's going to be an uproar or that everyone's going to think that the cop's guilty. It's not whoa. that. There's a, huh? Whoa. I said, whoa, that's it, fucking, yeah. It, yeah. And so it doesn't mean that that's the case and everything. It means that people's eyes are open. Cause like there's a case with the New Jersey state trooper where, um, you know, they just released the video and all, 
um, where it seems like the guy may have had a mental illness and all, and you're not seeing, you're not hearing the uproar because we look, we're examining every single, people are examining every single thing that happens. And what's occurring is that people are peeling or getting unclothed and getting uncomfortable. They're peeling back their privilege and looking at the lens of, okay, um, was there target, was there any targeting happening in this? And, um, they're taking away that I always believe the cops and I've all, I've never had a bad interaction with the cops that is being peeled back and people are looking at it. Okay. Just, uh, objectively what I see with this interaction, um, was this wrong? Was this immoral? And I appreciate, and so I really appreciate that. And I, I'm going to, that's probably gonna be the last thing that I say about it. Cause I definitely want to make sure that Mike and yourself get some chance to chat on this. Dude, I love you, Pam. That's fucking awesome. Thank you. I love you too. Thank you. Well said, well said, well said. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot going on, bro. I mean, I I had to step away from like the social media real quick because I I just got tired of seeing all the uh, ignorant comments from people. Um, I mean, I could talk about it from like all over, like from the interview that the Breakfast Club did with your boy Rush Limbaugh, you know, yeah. and just the perception that I got from it and the things that he was saying. And just knowing that there are people, there are millions of people that listen to this motherfucker, and they all think the same way, you know? Mm-hmm. And just refusing to acknowledge that there is a privilege that exists in cer- certain individuals that doesn't exist in Wiggins, doesn't exist in, you know, millions of other African Americans. And I don't know, man, this is just wild to me, you know? But. I think at the end of the day, I mean, I, I had the opportunity to participate in a few marches uh, over the past week, and I think what I found most comforting was that there were so many people out there of all races, like you had Latinos, whites, you know, African Americans, Middle Easterners, Asians, like everybody was out there all together for the same reason, and I think that those moments kind of do give you a glimpse of hope to say, Hey, like maybe this next generation isn't going to be as fucked up. And Wiggins, you and I had this conversation. I even joked about it. I said, I have a feeling that in the generation that's to come, uh, we're going to see a lot of mixed race babies. Cause I feel like even just the people that I saw out there in pairs, like I saw a lot of interracial couples from like all, uh, from all different types, like not just, one segment but you know just all over <laughs> so not just uh, not just a bunch of half ma- uh, half black people <laughs> <laughs> uh your words not mine okay. uh, no and i appreciate you guys honestly because uh you both to me are family and sometimes i think i take that for granted like so, some of these issues about race and all this stuff i'm like well yeah i mean i'm like i'm not racist, but like i gotta own that about and I got to check people in my, in my circle. And I will say I've had friends with the Colin Kaepernick thing and I've been talking to them about it for so long. Like they couldn't get that far to understand that. Right. And now with this whole thing, they're finally like, I get it. And I feel like a little bit accomplished. Like I feel like I brought them along. Well, we appreciate it. You you did. You appreciate that. Black lives matter. Thank you. So oh, yeah, look, you were uh, you when I said something about Kaepernick or whatever. Uh, I think on Facebook pretty early on about how hey, you know, why would you want to if you have the ability to kneel um, and to protest the flag or whatever? Like, why would you even want to abuse it by doing it and everything? And you were just spot on around how it's courageous and everything. So you got me to that point. So I appreciate the continued advocacy. Um, legit, uh, love you both. 
Um, we're going to get to some other uh, material that covers uh, two guys loving each other um, or a group loving each other. And also, it, it works because it is cross-racial, cross-cultural. And that, of course, we're talking about the Buddy Cop trilogy, and we're talking about Rush Hour. Uh, we're not gonna do the we're not gonna like do the uh, musical cue or anything like that because I don't think that we can afford uh, the rights to play it, <laughs> guys. I want to do like they, they do like. I mean, you never touch our radio anyway, right? What's up? You never touch our radio. You never touch this podcast radio. So Rush Hour, uh, tr- tr- three movies. First movie came out in 1998. Screenplay by Jim Cove. And so I'm, I, I don't even think I'm pronouncing that right. Jim Cole. Coffee? Um, I thought it was like coffee. No, I, that's not it at all. <laughs> um, and and by Ross Lamana, directed by Brett Ratner. So budget, $34 million. Box office, $244 million worldwide. Hell yeah. Guys, um, look, I do not know how to say this, but like when I was 10, this movie came out when I was 10 years old. It came out September I was only uh, 1998. Eight. Yeah, I mean, you acted. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely, yeah, you're definitely 18. Um, fifth grade. This was started fifth grade, and like my fifth grade, like we. Uh, this is the best fucking class ever because the road dogs that I had back in third grade, and they the school made sure that they dismantled us for uh, fourth grade. They got us back together, and then all of the assistants that we made in fourth grade came into this fifth grade class, right? And then all the attractive girls that were 10 when I was 10, they were 10. Um, those attractive girls were in this class too. So it was a big party in miss Horning's class. Um, blade came out the month before. Then this came out. Miss Horning this, was uh, obviously ethnic, right? Uh, she was white. I know. Uh, okay. yeah, right. She said tournament all the time. Yeah. Uh, this movie came out. We used to do these journals. We do these journals that you do like, and like, um, you usually don't want to do them. When Blade came out, we wanted to do that. Then when this came out, a larger part of the class wanted to do it. This movie was fucking Interesting. huge. This is all we talked about until the second one came out. Then when the second one came out, um, I think if you guys remember 2001 uh, was when the second one came out. Uh, yeah. I want to say that was like a pretty shit year. From the, yeah, Mummy Returns, Jurassic Park 3 um, were probably the big films. And then Lord of the Rings came out later in the year. Um, when Rush Hour 2 came out, we fucking talked about the outtakes the whole fucking like for oh, eight straight months. Because the outtakes of the first one were so fucking iconically great. Like you know yeah. you knew they were just gonna double down on it. Like it was almost yeah. like you wanted to watch the movie to watch the outtakes. Yeah. So you guys, um do you guys remember when you were when we'll we'll go um thoughts like we'll get, I guess we can just kick it off with sort of where were you guys were when this first like just speaking about the first movie um, in particular, where were you? Where'd you watch it? What were your thoughts after having seen it? I was a kid who was a big fan of Chris Tucker at that time because I had already seen Money Talks. I seen Friday. Money Talks. And Money so, Talks. Can we, do a, can we do a show about Money Talks? Like, well, I mean, we can, yeah. but it's like it's just one. one I mean, but we could do four hours on it. Yeah, like, how to find it? <laughs> I know this is your Man, favorite suit. How did Italian guy get a fine ass woman yeah. like that? Taking all my good women. You know yeah, this is your favorite so... suit. You know I, you know I look <laughs> better than your suit. Fuck, man. I must have been like 11 years old when the first one came out. Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. I went and saw the movie at the movie theater with my older cousins and 
I thought I was a shit because I was like, oh, it's a PG-13 flick and I'm not 13 and I'm in here. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah. I, I just, I, I thought I was so hard. Did you want to start to see this or no? Nah, bro. I, I went to this old theater called The Man Theater. The Man. M-A-N-N Theater. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh, Mike, Michael Mann, maybe. The director? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's dope, dude. I mean, and you saw the first one when you were that young? Yeah. I saw so, it at 10. When um, the second one came out? Yeah, because I was like a freshman when the second one came out. Yeah, I was in eighth grade when that came out. And I think, I forgot who I went to see. I think I would have, I think I, I saw the first one with my mom, saw the second one with my mom also, and my sister was there, I believe. Um, we had like a pretty epic. They were like, I love that Jackie chant. <laughs> uh they did yeah they yeah, didn't like him they found him un- they found him annoying okay and you know my mom's a little bit older she's a little bit younger than eddie murphy right so she just like all right that's a, that's how a buddy cop's supposed to be he's supposed to be sensible right and uh where were you did, when you, this did your mom get did your mom get ha- mad about that i went half eddie joke kidding that's terrible. uh no uh, no <laughs> Where were you when you watched this, Scott? Um, Scott was like twenty. Scott was like twenty-one years old. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's actually interesting. Here. I love that you asked it, and there's two part question because I think that's a very insightful. By the time the second one came out, uh, the culture of how good it was. I, so you're not going to answer the no, question. No, no, I'm answering it in this way. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I saw the. Fr- I only saw the age. first one. No, well, maybe I only saw the first one on video, and I did oh, see wow. the second one. Yeah, exactly. And I saw the second one in uh-huh. theater, though, because okay. by the time it was like uh, some people with you brought up Lord of the Rings, like some people with uh, the two towers, they were like, I I wasn't in on this fellowship thing, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh But I had seen because we we my family again we didn't watch a lot of movies. Like we, we were more like the blockbuster get that Friday night kind of couple uh-huh. couple movies type of family, and so yeah. Rush Hour that that's the first time I saw it, and I did see it with my like whole family in like the movie theater room, which okay. was the TV. Yeah, we went on a tear. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh yeah, we were at the movie. Yeah, we got cable that we got we got cable that year because my sister moved out the house, right? Right. Um, and then we get cable. And then we start going to the movies, right? And I'm like, what? I haven't fucking seen a movie in theater since fucking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in 95, <laughs> right? And I'm like, yeah. And we're like seven straight, right? Like every week. I was like, damn. Right. They must have got a raises. My stepdad, he was in my life by then. So he, he was kind of like, I got these speakers that I can put up to this TV. And we like we had this like home theater thing. And it was like, remember those old? Did you guys ever live in a house where you had like that TV that was four feet deep? Like you, you like uh, when you were a kid, you hid behind it. Like, no, I didn't. Yeah, we weren't that rich. I had an RCA that was probably about thirty-two inches, and we never got a TV. Yeah, no, 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 because uh, so I'll explain. My stepdad was like a I know single the... guy. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, he... and oh, wow. No, and <laughs> he was, was he was he was probably twenty. <laughs> no, 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 that's what I'm saying. He was like twenty seven when he met my Did mom. Did he tell you that, Scott? You know I'm single, right? <laughs> Why are you here? No, he goes, uh, fuck, sorry, man, different experiences. But he goes, uh, uh, no, like, he, he, he was seven years younger than my mom. And then, and then, 
he just like yeah he lived in this house and made this money and it would be like uh i don't know me as a bachelor i have a fucking big pd you know what i mean and what you're a bachelor yeah man <laughs> i said this like four episodes that that was sarcasm i know so yeah, this is the uh, my wife's a doctor yeah exactly no i'm just saying man i'm on instagram now whoever wants to follow me that's cool especially if you're uh like maybe maybe you're self-conscious about being a little too thick and you're 22 it's totally my type all right. Okay. Well. All right. Um. All right. So yeah. we're going to be touching on that in the topics later. So Scott, I'm going to remember that comment. Uh. Look. So this movie, like, legit. I. I. I feel like I feel like before this came out, like I know that this is like um I was gonna use the term tone deaf or I don't think that's applicable given everything that's going on. But I feel like there was like between this, Bad Boys was only three years before this. This movie just felt felt so much fucking larger than in every capacity. Like, cause like Bad Boys, that's the fir- uh, ninety five. That was the first one of the Bad Boys trilogy. Then this was the first of the Rush Hour trilogy. And I, for some reason, I just remember this being talked about more. Maybe that's just due to the fact that uh, I was ten as opposed to seven or whatever. But I remember this just always, always as TBS, like uh, what T um. New Line Cinema, I think New Line Cinema was the distributor. And, like, first of all, they had the best fucking movies on the planet uh, during this time frame. Like, I think they did Blade also. And then just anything that was just fucking cool and swaggy. Um, New Line Cinema just had it, right? And then I think that's owned by Warner uh, or whatever. So you can see it. uh, Okay, all right. Was it owned owned by Warner at all? They they bought them. Okay. Because it's always on TNT and TBS. Like, specifically TBS. And, like, They'd run TBS would run ads, right? And then so we didn't have to buy this on VHS because like it, remember, like it, took, it used to take like eight to nine months for something to come out on video, right? And then maybe you had to wait two and a half years. I feel like this and then Rush Hour Two were just always on TV and all. Um, going to like like looking at the cultural impact of this, I think that this sort of solidified the fact that you can make a buddy cop movie with a funny person, Fuck yeah. and someone else. Two and funny that people it's never going to be bad. Yeah, you're right. Two funny people. Jackie yeah, Chan that, is fucking you know, funny, dude. He is. He is. He is. You would, like before this, like you would get things like Will Smith is not like he's like if they write him correctly, he can be funny. But it's always you're the, you got the smooth one and the tough. He's the smooth and tough one, right? Right. And then you got the complete fucking dope jackass, right? Just dopey, goofy Martin Lawrence type. Um, or you got the uh, lethal weapon. I guess they didn't really go the funny route. They just said, all right, we'll get a fucking old black guy and like uh, an. <laughs> If Scott and my dad were in a movie, like, <laughs> like Lethal Weapon went for that, right? so my dad would be the alcoholic also. Uh, but what, like, it would like, and then you had things like what do you call it? Uh, you know, tank, t- you know, Tango and Cash and Midnight Run, and then Forty Eight Hours. Like, you can make the case Eddie Murphy. He's obviously a funny guy, but like his character wasn't like a goofy black guy. And it, it just comes out, and it's just like, all right, the black guy is just a complete fucking dumbass, right? And it's a straight-up comedian. No, he's the and protagonist. Then, That's what I liked about it. Well, I know he's the protagonist. He's on the cover. Yeah. Like, like what? Well, yeah, but I'm saying he's a dumbass. Like, it, like, you don't want James Carter as your partner, do you? Well, no, but I mean, that's my point. Like, the, I love that, that this movie replaced the white cop dummy guy that you love well, you know what was I mean? a white cop always was a white cop ever the dumb yeah guy? like turner turner and hooch he was like 
I thought I knew everything, and then, like, this dog taught me lots of stuff. Like, that was the Chris Tucker character. Like, I love that about it. Well, I mean, I'd even take that further and say, like, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, that was the first one. one. Yeah, that's true. But He He was a smart one. Exactly. He was more like the Matlock. I think think this was uh, another step where you could just have... uh, the the all-encompassing like the norm mcdonald of uh of the cops uh as as the black edge or the david letterman actually is a better example because david letterman was was actually very smart and in, in, intuitive and everything but he kind of like always played the everyman you know what i mean and uh chris Tucker was the everyman of this movie i think I don't want to sound like him. <laughs> I was. Uh, so then number two comes out, right? Three years later. Um, and look, I, I per, like, we're, we'll get to this later or whatever. Um, number two comes out and I thought just, they didn't skip a beat at all. Right. For like, it seemed like eternity when you're younger to have like three years between movies and everything. Right. But it's not like that uncommon. Like, cause I think Marvel does that essentially with all the Avenger films. <laughs> Captain America. Franchising. Um, Okay, yeah, but yeah, maybe this like, started. I don't know. What's up? Maybe this was like ahead of its time. Not really. What franchise? No, oh, I don't yeah. know. There's a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's like three years between uh, all the Beverly Hills Cop movies except number True. three. So, or um, yeah, number two comes out. They don't miss a beat. Um, interesting thing, really quickly. So I had mentioned that it was written by Ross Lamana uh and jim koof so this guy ross lamana actually created the full story um just him and then jim koof came in um and helped write the screenplay ross lamana doesn't have that like he doesn't really have any other credits except this interesting and uh, yeah and then uh oh wow jim koof doesn't look too good either uh he had things such as i uh, oh wow taxi great um, fucking movie are you kidding yeah. me well, yeah, that wasn't great. What? Um, then he did no, it wasn't. Uh, then he did Snow Dogs, uh, and Operation Dumbo Drop, and then Good he movie. also did National Treasure. He co-wrote National Treasure. Operation Dumbo Drop is dope. This is awful, guys. I, I'm gonna get like new co- like. New co- <laughs> you guys think okay, so you're we'll- saying National <laughs> Treasure wasn't good, and you're also no, it was. But the other thing, no, no, Operation Dumbo Drop, and then fucking. Uh, did you say Snow Dogs was good too? No, I dismissed that one. <laughs> Wait, what one did you say the was one good? Before taxi? The, yes, Taxi's fucking great. Nah, 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 nah. What? No. With Robert De Niro? No, no that's no, Taxi Driver. Taxi driver. Oh, taxi. All right, I'm an idiot. The <laughs> guy who wrote Taxi Driver did not write no fucking Rush Hour. Yeah? <laughs> I know, no, that's taxi's what you were talking a... about. I was like, this dude's a fucking yeah. star, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, bro, you just went from 10 followers to like five. <laughs> uh... So the what do you call it? So they actually, <laughs> so that guy uh, Jim Koof, he wasn't involved in writing number two, um, but Ross Lamana was still on, uh, still created it. Uh, these like the I just think cultural impact, right? When there was a large gap, right, six years between number two and number three coming out, and I remember the thinking, you're like, all right, 2004, you're gonna get another Rush Hour movie. Um, and I'm like, hey, like that year, I remember I was about you know, fresh, got my car, got the Thunderbird eighty. Uh, at the old 78 Thunderbolt. Oh, fuck. Um, V8? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, V8 that shit burned oil. So you had to keep uh, some fucking 10W30 in the back, too, right? Like... 
Uh, I put I put four dollars in. Four dollars. Right? <laughs> I went to like yeah. Four dollars. Yeah, on that petrol or what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on that petrol. <laughs> Man, y'all y'all selling all that dope. Y'all brothers joke broken the joke. <laughs> Uh, That's a dumb no, car, like, though, for real. Oh, right? I had yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, man, I was, yeah like yeah, like two hundred and eighty thousand miles on it too. It was great. Uh, you got to uh, two eighty. Yes, yes, it was great. Nine thousand. Yeah, I was like Sarah. Also had, Sarah uh, Camille, had, get in the car. He had holes at the bottom of it just in case he needed to add a little <laughs> extra power. Oh yeah. That was yeah, a rough. Like, hey, that <laughs> Sarah Camille, you want to get in the right? And I'm like, bam, you know, you just cruise around the block, whip, whip one, right? And you go, all right, we're going to the movies. You're all right, I'm Sarah. I'm like, all right, we're going to get a what do you call it? We're going to get Rush Hour 3. Doesn't happen. I was like, you didn't even get Jurassic Park 4 at that time, which I want. I was like, damn, they fucking lied to me, right? Um, then, you know, it's like 2007 um, where Rush Hour 3 comes out. And fucking, like, they, they picked uh, 2007, like, just a fucking great year for film that they were up against, yeah. right? And I remember getting in there, and I was like, yeah, this is interesting. Um, but I like you could tell like like first of all, Chris Tucker uh, came. He, he had gained some weight, and he hadn't done another movie. He hadn't done a movie at that time since Rush Hour Two. Also, um, what were what were your reactions when Two and Three came out? Uh, I was hyped for Two and Three. Like, kind of caught me out of left field, and then when it did come out, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Like. I think when you have the expectation and the bar is set with one with uh, one and two, and then you go to three, and you're like, eh, I don't really know about this one, you know? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it also has to do with like the hiatus that Chris Tucker took. Like, like you said, like he gained a little bit of weight, so he comes back. Like, and it wasn't even like he gained a little bit of weight, like on some like Martin Lawrence type shit, where you're like, oh, I like Skinny Martin versus like Chubby Martin, because like we don't have like a chubby Chris Tucker. Like he just hasn't been there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But like you said, like oh seven was a tough year to go up against, and I I think that's probably why it didn't get as much publicity as it may have gotten had it been released earlier. Because I I really think that it just kind of got lost with all the competition that it was up against that same year. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, like the interesting thing, like they it was a tough year, um, and they I think they dropped this about a month after Transformers came out and uh, which was a they, big fucking deal yeah it was it was yeah but like they still had like a they still about had like a five-week period or whatever where transformers can be cool uh, and then huh dude the third one if you want my opinion the third one yeah felt like um okay the first one fucking brilliant and amazing second one totally earned it the third one felt. Remember, there there are topics. <laughs> we we do have topics where we cover this some of this too. Okay. Uh, reaction to no, it. No, I'm, yeah, like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Your question yeah. is: uh, the okay. third one felt like National Lampoon's third version of whatever movie that never should have even had a sequel. Like, and this one should have had a sequel, but like it was yeah. so. Were you hyped? No, not at all. Like, I, it, it after the second one, it felt so complete. It felt so good. It was like you got both backstories of both characters mm-hmm. and it was it, it was so fucking good and then third i don't know maybe a better analogy is like sex and city the movie like they just like wanted mm-hmm. to make it yeah. uh it was still I good like- it was still good because it was awesome because it was them but like it just felt that way you know what i mean yeah Bro, but felt... like just everything it went up against, so like you had super bad coming out there. You had knocked up yeah. oh, Spider Man. Super bad is so good. <laughs> That's what yeah, I'm saying. I think, uh, like I, I, I feel got... like Rush Hour got put into the same you category as like right. fucking like 
It got put in the same category as like Norbit, bro. Norbit. It was it was it was better than Norbit. Um, right, it came but, out the but week that's before my comparison Super- though for the okay. way that people received it. Okay. Well, I mean, I, my question was more so when it came when it actually was released. What were your thoughts? Like when you hear that, hey, uh, you start seeing previews that there's gonna be a Rush Hour three. Um, how excited were you? Um, yeah. I mean. That's some- the excitement is there, but when you have like excitement for like American right. gangster, you know, I definitely and... remember like wanting very much to go see uh, uh, Superbad, mm-hmm. and then American Gangster is probably like my top three movies ever. And when I saw that in the theaters too, I was like, what? <laughs> We'll we'll do a uh, Denzel Tony Scott trilogy for you, Scott. Across hundred and tenth street. How dare you? I, I, that movie is think... phenomenal. P H D nominal. Okay, all right. Listen, <laughs> well, I, we can I, all I agree that is... more people were hyped to see American Gangster than uh, Rush yes. Hour Three. Yes. Yeah, but just in general, bro. Like, I mean. How much how much time and money do you have to keep going to the movie theater every week? Like Correct. if you see a preview for American Gangster and you're like, Oh shit, I'm looking forward to this release and I'm gonna go watch it. And then you see a preview for I Am Legend and you're like, Oh shit, Will Smith is in the zombie movie, I'm gonna go watch it. Then you see a preview for No Country for Old Men. Oh, oh shit, this movie looks dope. I'm gonna, you know? Like enough. there was so much to look forward to that it's easy just to lose some of these other releases in that same translation yeah, Mike, because Mike, uh, Mike was 20 year old Mike was having money issues that summer well you were probably going to the matinee then yeah you damn right I was going to the matinee <laughs> with that guy, I think I with that Halloween. guy who let him in free all the time <laughs> yeah I was, no, I was in Texas I was in Texas I was in Texas and I actually live far away from where I used to hang out like 45 miles away from where I used to hang out so I get up in the morning, go see the matinee. Uh, then I go to the work at the gym I did, and then maybe we'd see another movie later on. Like the the crew would get together and they bring over some like w- random Texas girls, and then we'd see like a scary movie, whether it's Halloween or something like that. Uh, but yeah, so I was always so it was the eighth coolest movie that you saw, and you got to see eight movies that year. Is this the right? Say again. Is this the eighth coolest movie in the theaters that you saw that summer, but you still got to see it in the summer? That's it. That's yeah, I'd say that's pretty good for 07, right? Because, like, what is it? Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean right. 3, uh, Spider-Man 3, Transformers. This is all, like, in a month and a half period. You had Shrek the Third, which I didn't see. The Simpsons movie also, um, which came out the same summer. And then Rush there Hour 3. There Will Be Blood came out that same year. There Will Be – yeah. Uh, no Country for Old Men, 310 to Yuma. Uh, yeah, man, 2007. A lot of great year for movies. I'm like, keep going, dude. Like, what were the other yeah. movies there? Uh, yeah, I, and then, like, like I, I feel like this is, like, I know that we brought, you brought up, like, hey, you felt the same reaction uh, for this as Norbert, I think you said. Uh, I think that it was a little bit better than this, but it was just, like, a letdown compared to two and three. Um, number one, like, their chemistry was off. Like, you look at number two, and that's, like, obviously where they're building upon what they built in Correct. one. It's just, like, bam. They don't miss a beat. And then this one, you know, I heard that there was friction between the two where Chris, Tuck, Chris uh, sorry, Jackie Chan had wanted to do Rush Hour 3, and he said that Chris Tucker's the one that's holding up things. Because Chris Tucker got played, paid a ton. I think his contract... Dude, he got, was, like, 25 mil or some shit. Like, yeah, something crazy. Yeah. yeah, and that's why he only did, like, he only did Rush Hour 1, Rush Hour 2, and then didn't do anything else until 
This one. He went to that Bayo car twice every morning too. Like that didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he went Christian. I think he went Christian around this time as well. No, nah, it was uh, before that. Okay, sorry. Before that, he went Christian, right? Yeah. So yeah. there. Oh, Jack and yeah, Also, National Treasure. That. National Treasure Book of the Secrets came out that year too, Scott. I know. I like that one. And Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, not in the uh, theaters. I didn't see that one. American Gangster. No, I, I definitely yeah. saw it in the theaters. Okay, Scott wants to turn this to a movie. Yeah, I did. I love that movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, I think, like, look, yeah, Chris, like, for me, like, I, I thought, like, there was, like, good dialogue there from, like, Chris Tucker or so pretty early on. Um, some of it cringy, but um, I, I thought that there was still, like, some humor left. But it's, like, you know, the sort of the physical comedy uh, aspects of it, right? He could... He couldn't do that. He wasn't as sharp, and he wasn't as fluid. He just—he was just rusty. You know? Yeah. He clearly That's like uh, you could tell Brett Brett Ratner. I, I mean, I don't know if he—I don't know what was happening with the direction in this. He could have like stipulated that maybe Chris Tucker goes. Chris Tucker just seemed exhausted. Out, and that, I don't think this is. I'm not saying that this is due to him being thicker or anything like that. But he just seemed exhausted, like during some of the running scenes and sort during some of the moving scenes. Like, yeah, they got like even like his line reading when it's like. Man, say something else again about the NBA, right? His voice starts to change the tag yeah. or whatever, and it's just sounds exasperated, and like it just didn't work. And I'm like, what happened? Like this, had they gotten the deal better and they can't went out on their regular cadence, like I think we would have had something different. And like I, I don't know, like in terms of like buddy cop trilogies, where do you guys rank this? Um, if we're excluding the third one, no, no, no I... trilogies. You can't ex- you can't exclude a third one in a trilogy, man. What are you doing? Oh, I I didn't hear the trilogy part. My uh, bad. Um, I say top five. What? Yeah. Okay. Well, we might only have five trilogies to choose from, too. Right. Scott, so what do you got? Oh yeah. Who, who are your top? Wait. Sorry, uh, Mike. You got to rank them. Sorry. Well, that was the other thing I was gonna mention. Like, who else? What other trilogies are we talking about? Because like, all right. Let's hit- co- let's go back to. We're, all right, Mike. Let's get Scott, and then we'll come back to you. We're gonna give you some time to ideate. Okay. So what I thought of. So I love. This one, but I would probably rank it at, like, three. And I would say uh, I'm cheating definitely because there's more than three, but I'm just, I'm fucking cheating. Uh, Callers, call us in. Uh, Lethal Weapon is my first one ever. And there's, I know there's four. Okay. But, yeah, it's cool. And then uh, I would say my second favorite one ever is probably Die Hard. And I think Die Hard 3 is a good model for this movie. Uh, it was so good. Samuel Jackson was so fucking good in that movie. What, like, like, So you think Die Hard with a Vengeance was a model for the Rush Hour series? Well, I know there was also before there too. But like, what I'm, my point is, yeah, in a, in a way. Like you could you could have added another character that really was uh the character of the movie, but like you kept the the charisma between the two characters. I think that's what they needed and and she didn't do it she, they tried to do that, but I don't know maybe Wait. that sounds sexist I don't know. Wait, wait, well, who are you? T- wait, what? Who's the she that you're referring uh, to? The Asian girl who played the in between in the Paris one. Uh, yeah, Sion? yeah. 
Well, oh, was she like that prominent in? Wait, okay, uh, they wait, tried so... to make her, but that's what I mean. Either make her the whole way or not. So did you like all right, so when you say like Die Hard with a Vengeance was a model for this, or are you saying it's a model for number three or the full rush hour? Only series? the third one. Okay. Like in a oh, way to okay. like it was like a total switch up where they went in the same way with Sue Young, where they went back to the very first one. He was related to Hans or whatever, right? Uh it, so it was a bad guy, it was a swap. Like she wasn't she wasn't a bad guy. But it was like yeah. an homage back to the original. But like you had a different character who, who sort of drove the whole episode, and then you had the mm-hmm. main character, uh, and then and then you had uh, a new relationship, and and I think they could have done the the buddy cop relationship and added the new relationship that drove it, in addition to yeah. you know what I'm saying? I don't know. All right. Uh, Scott, or sorry, sorry, Mike. Uh, who do you um, got for what do you where 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 does this rank for you in terms? I mean, of- for trilogies, like I still think like there aren't very many out there. Like I could say, okay, like Men in Black, Lethal Weapon. Ooh, um, forgot about Men in Black. Fuck. I would say if we're comparing it to then like movies that had sequels, mm-hmm. I'd still keep it at top five because then at that point now we're looking at like a different dynamic as far as like competition you know yeah and so um yeah i mean i'd probably rank it like maybe four with uh the exception of a few movies ahead of it so i'd probably put like 48 hours ahead of it mm. interesting i probably like number two lethal weapon number one uh bad boys three so this one before and then five i'd probably put uh fuck I didn't even think um, of bad boys. If they make twenty one jumps, if they make a point break three, can we count that? <laughs> they made point break two. They did. They made another point yeah, break no, that did. wasn't. That was bullshit. Yeah. Point break. And it sucked. It did suck. It looked like a continuation of like it's not a trilogy if it's a continuation of. No, it was like uh, a reimagining right. of it. Yeah, I'm gonna say point blank. Lethal Weapon is uh, Lethal Weapon's ahead yes. of this. The Bad Boys trilogy is ahead of this. Beverly Hills Cop trilogy is ahead of this. Um, I'll even say, and I'll, this, all right, we might catch a little bit of a controversy here. Um, I forgot about bad boys. I didn't forget about it, but I didn't see number three. Well, because I didn't see number three yet. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, those, those movies are just bigger, more explosive. That's how you drive one of the greatest scenes of all time. Like, because that was an homage scene, like, ah. So good. <laughs> Plus, I mean, Bad Boys takes place in Miami. Yeah, like you can't beat that. Like you have yeah. Rush Hour jumping from like L.A. to Hong Kong and out to Paris. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a good mm. point. All of yeah, it's a great I, point. Yeah, like a video that, game. Great call, Mike. All yeah. of uh, like all the other buddy cop movies, they don't fucking travel at all. <laughs> and like these guys are barely cops too. Like they like the first one. What they like? They're like asked to work for the FBI. Then in the second one, I don't, I don't know. Like, well, not necessarily though, because he was kind of like tricked into like just assuming he was working for the FBI. Well, okay, yeah. Just... Well, they still went go to their. He still like got to go to their like head, not their headquarters, but their. Yeah, but mainly because like they wanted him to keep Jackie Chan like out of okay, their yeah. way. It wasn't until the end of the movie where they were like, "Oh, here's your FBI badge," and he was like, "Take your badge, 
Shove it up Shove here. it up here. Sure. I'm LAPD. You see that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah. So, all that's right. when so, he hid the diamonds in the USC. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, though, because, like, at least with this one, like, all right, you have them in LA, and then he's going to Hong Kong on vacation, like, literally, like, maybe a little bit after the events of the first one. Mm, yeah. And then randomly just have them going to Paris for, like, no fucking reason. Yeah. What's in a. Yeah. Wasn't he like a street? Then he start out number three as like a plain, co- like a not a plain clothes, uh, a street. Co- like he was like a uniform police officer in number three, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah he's, he's like directing it. traffic. He's yeah, like directing traffic. Kind of, kind of again that everyman character that they kind of go for. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think this is a theme, but the problem was it just it just didn't it just didn't make much sense. And he and okay. maybe maybe that's why they tried because they were like I don't know. Maybe ate a bunch of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go with the, we're gonna go we're gonna get on our topics here. Um, okay, so first team All Pro casting. Um, I went with Chris Tucker as obviously Detective Carter, uh, just j- mainly for the first two. Just like his lines, like just like a lot of like even like there's a bit there's the, like the iconic ones, right? Don't you ever t- touch a black man's radio, boy? What the hell is wrong with you? So good, yeah, United States of James Carter. I'm the president, I'm the emperor, I'm Michael Jackson, and you Tito, right? Uh, You got the, uh, you got the, man, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And then the, uh, when, even like when Jackie Chan's like, hey, I like to understand people so I can understand people and blah, 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 right? Man, what the hell did you just say? He gets in the car, and then what's his name gets in there all slick? Man, I'm going to kick your ass. (laughs) You put your own, you put your own shit in the back of the car. Hello, when Jackie Chan just switches it on his butt too. He didn't even do anything wrong. Like he literally just yeah. boop, boop, boop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or it's just like he drives up to like the uh, the FBI agent, right? Man, y'all seen a little, little Chinese guy about this thing? <laughs> Go fuck yourself, man! What the hell did you just say? Did you sit your little sensitive ass down? <laughs> this or, is all the right, first just, one, which was the fucking. Yeah. Chris Tucker. $15 million. Show, dude. Yeah. $15 million. $15 million. Who do you think I got? Chelsea Clinton? Chelsea Clinton. Yeah. All right. Or they're running down the fucking hall. Just they're running down the, like, uh, not the hallway. They're running down the alley, right? Lee, uh, just fucking Jackie Chan, just fucking just amazing athleticism, right? Gets up the thing. Lee, Lee, man. Lower the ladder. Lower some more, man. I ain't creeping out the Jabbar. Lee, lower I think I think it'd be best if we took the if we took the vest off. No, no, we can't. No, I look, I feel a lot more comfortable if we took the vest off. No, he told me that if we take the vest off, that it'll get activated. Okay, okay I, I think, think it's very important that we take the, the vest, vest off. off. <laughs> all right, Lee, you find up there. All right, I'm gonna go get some help, man. I'm just playing with you, man. Carter, Carter, thank you, man. Thank uh, my balls. The first one was right, so I, I good. Did, I only did quotes from the first. Wipe one. yourself no, off. You're bleeding. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> Wipe yourself off, man. You dead. Wipe yourself off. You dead. <laughs> right, or, or, man, which one of y'all kicked me? Yeah, that's the second the guy, one. So good. Me. Was that the second one or the first one? Oh, they do in the second one, too, where they go into the uh, massage uh, parlor. Massage they have the fight at the massage Same parlor. Yeah. yeah, they, they, re, yeah. they re-upped uh, it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're right. Okay, yeah, first one. It was like, me. Even after, yeah. Like, everyone, <laughs> Yeah, everyone remembers the it like the which one of y'all kicked me part because they would play that all the time because the kick came. And he goes, me. but even his acting, he goes, it was me. Acting afterwards, 
Yeah, he looks at the guy, right? He goes, okay. Yeah, come okay, on. come right? on. All of that. Right? And he's a big My daddy, kick your daddy he's ass. He's a big ass dude, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Where? Where's Where's June Tower? We got the same bit. We got the same mama, just different daddy. I'm black and yeah, I'm black and yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And then even if you even if you go to the third one, um, it's just like, man, what do y'all feeding him? How do you stop feeding him? He's too damn big. Ooh, you know who you know who looks so good though? That girl who kept kicking <laughs> him in the second one. Remember he? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, from uh, Crouching Tiger. Yeah, Zing, uh, I think her name is Zing yeah, Zing 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 I think it's how you say it. Is that okay? All right, yeah. Bad, yeah. Wasn't Just she bad. in that Crouching yes. Tiger Hidden Dragon? Yeah, 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 she was in Crouching Tiger. And then, uh, yeah. and then, man, you want no crazy yeah. ass bitch? And Hero, one of my all time favorite bitch movies your ass ever. Back to... You guys haven't seen Hero? Bitch, that great movie. Uh, wait, the old one? No, no, no. Hero with, with uh, Hero, Hero, which was uh, with right. Jet Li, uh, presented by Quentin Tarantino. This movie is fucking crazy. It has Gigi Lee in it, and she's like just the young. And it has everyone else from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which she said, plus Jet Lee. Fucking amazing movie. Check it out. One of the greatest like kung fu movies of all time, and it's modern. Sort of like what Tombstone is for spaghetti westerns. Hero is for like the all right kung fu movie. So genre. if you're so if you're still quarantining at home and you're looking for something to watch, check out Hero. Heroes and amazing. If you hate yeah, it, it, wasn't, it also wasn't done by no damn Tarantino. No, it's presented okay. by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, okay. That's what I said. All right. Okay, all right. Well, my first team all pro casting goes to Jackie Chan as Chief Inspector yes. Lee. Um, what is his listen, first name? I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. She's your bunny. Oh, no, yeah. I'm trying to, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, Chris Tucker obviously had like the memorable oh. lines, and he had that presence. But I think the chemistry between them, and I think just the plot line itself, like you have all these buddy cop movies, and it's usually like either like black and white, but you don't have a Chinese man that you know speaks English with an accent. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what added to just like the the vibe of the movie because you obviously have like all the the racially sensitive jokes but i think it was like i'm a bitch i'm a bitch up you about the africa (laughs) right Um, these boys is very uh, good music uh, (laughs) (laughs) music. (laughs) no and and so i i think that added to the humor of the movie because like you don't really you don't really see anyone else like highlight those differences, you know, like as far as like culture between East and West, like, right. especially in a setting like LA. Um, and I think you, they pick, they casted the perfect individual to, to portray that with Jackie Chan, because he was able to mix it up and give you a little bit of everything like the action. I mean, he was already killing it with doing all his own stunts and like movies before that. And the mm-hmm. comedy, he is a funny, he is a funny individual and so yeah. I think he embraced like a lot of the comedy within those scenes and a lot of the things that he said as well. Um, just with him, you know, saying things like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Uh, repeating, you know, Carter's own line to him. And uh, I think one of my Man, favorite scenes... Man, ain't nobody understand the words coming out of <laughs> your mouth. And I, I think just the way that they were able to touch up on like racial subjects, um, 
the scene where they're in the bar and Carter's going to go, you know, ask uh, some questions regarding uh, the C4. This eel? And he's yeah. out there. <laughs> you got an eel? No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. Right before <laughs> when that they're, When they're at the bar and he had already heard Chris Tucker say what's up goes, to the bartender. What's up, my name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, Again, huh? Again, we're all quoting the up, very first movie because it's so good. <laughs> yeah. No, that, yeah, you're right. It's... Uh, Chris, I was also hoping that Bauer would have been the one to recite that line. <laughs> no, this is a great, this is a great point. I, I almost got him. No, he never would. But no, this is a great, this is a great point. Like, I think, um, I mean, Chris Tucker, I mentioned it. It's amazing uh, how, how well he just played the the normal protagonist. Like, Chris Tucker carried the movie in a lot of ways because. He had the dialogue, all that. Uh, Jackie Chan was like the physical comedy. And so he was drawing on, he was like homaging like the old like 30s style, like uh, uh-huh. uh, Three Amigos types of shit. Like to me, you know what I mean? And, and it was hilarious because, yeah, it was just so much physical comedy. And then he would take the physical comedy of him like falling and tripping, doing shit. And then be like, I'm the most badass, like, special effects. Like, that was all him doing all the kicks and all the spins. And he does his own stunts. Like, it was really... He's a he's pretty amazing. Like, it's hard not to give him his props. You know what I mean? So, like, Mike, I agree with you from that standpoint, too. Like, I don't know if there's... Any, I can't add anyone else. Like, there, there were two stars of this, obviously. And uh, I, I thought both of them just shown so bright like that's why the first one was so good and then uh, the second one was also pretty amazing it just it probably just didn't have as many quotable lines you know so our next category we're gonna go with hey was that um for this one i went with jeremy piven which is a fucking badass appearance great sorry as a store clerk on rush hour two um essentially i think we're i think he's meant to be gay and he's commenting on them and then like the line that uh Chris Tucker used, or sorry, Jackie Jen. There's some men trying to, uh, trying to. There's some men that are chasing us. Oh, as well they should be. You both are very good looking men. Um, <laughs> then even like the outtakes that they have, like of his, right? And he's just like, I'm just gonna eat you up. And I was like, this guy's fucking great. Who is this guy? Then to see him later on Entourage, I was like, holy fucking shit. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, you guys have anyone? I okay. went with Clifton Powell. Great, Ooh, great nice. call. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, the guy always kills his roles, man. I mean, whether it's Pinky from Friday, from next Friday, I should say, mm-hmm. or uh, that bitch-ass Chauncey in Menace Society. Bitch-ass Chauncey. He always, <laughs> he always makes his appearance as well, and he always plays the different type of characters well, uh, whether it's a villain, whether he's the cousin who's connected. You know I mean, so like, uh, uh, yeah, he made a good, good call. I, I went with Chris Penn. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite actors of, uh, not one, not one of my favorite actors, but one of my favorite, uh, all time sort of character actors from many Quentin Tarantino movies. He was only in the first one, rush hour one, which is also my favorite. He was like one of the, like, I mean, you guys know who Chris Penn is, right? 
Yeah, Zach, Sean Penn's younger brother. Uh, yeah. Like Chubby Sean Penn, who uh, RIP way earlier. <laughs> we know who But, um... Why'd you bet you was Chubby? I mean, because he died earlier. Just eat well, audience. You know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> I... <laughs> This is this is an introduction to Bowers yeah. conspiracies. <laughs> he was Clive from the very first one. Remember, because they all were, they were very yeah, first exactly scene, like right? they were all making fucking fun of him for yeah. being part of the FBI. Also, he didn't die of being fat either. It was well, <laughs> I mean, it didn't help. I mean, Chris Farley didn't die of being fat. He died of being drugs, but he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but that right. beginning scene was dope. Like they get into the oh, yeah. shootout and then all the. Chris damage the dance yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he was great now he was i thought that was great just like uh like first of all i was like this guy's a fucking weasel exactly like, as as he appears on screen he's a weasel then later on in the movie hey you want some of me because i'll give you all yeah. i got right uh and i'm not gonna touch that thing you're gonna be trying to set me up man look that's okay you don't need to touch this thing once we learn that you took that little girl huh? i don't know, little girl. I, don't know. Just... I got a big mouth Finally, yeah, exactly. Chris Penn plays that that really good like character actor, so I like. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next topic, we're gonna go ahead and go and proceed with Stone Cold appearance. I went ahead and went with Don Cheadle. I think he was in number two, where he plays the sort of semi uh, the uh, semi martial arts guy or whatever. Um, then him and uh, Jackie Chan both vibe. And he yeah. makes a great comment. He goes, "Why do you hang out with this guy, Seven Eleven? Right? Huh? No, he goes, it's about yeah, seven, <laughs> so seven days a week, eleven hours a day. Because his mouth never Chris closes. Tucker, yeah, Chris Tucker doesn't understand it when he's like, he just knows that you're talking shit about him. It reminded me of that yeah. scene in him. the Matrix too, when he's when when Neo wants to go see the Prophet, and like he has a fight with like uh-huh. the bodyguard. He's like, you never know someone until you fight them. Like, that was like that Don Cheadle scene. Like, they were like, like, he did that whole shit. It was awesome. That was a great appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went with uh, Ken Loon as, uh, well, Jun Tao, technically, because he really wasn't Jun Tao. Um, yeah. But the reason why I put him on there is just because, like, I mean, his acting, you know, he, he did his thing, but it was nothing, like, iconic. Minus the line, like, wipe yourself off, you're bleeding. <laughs> but what, to he, this... was a, he was just a fucking cool villain. Yeah, he was a cool villain. But I'm saying, like, to this day, uh-huh. and you can insert Deontay Wilder voice, uh, everyone uses, like, the whole reference, like, the bleach, mm. buzz cut hair to, like, uh-huh. still clown on people to this day. Like, people try to use it to shit, shit on um, Amber Rose uh people were using it to shit on uh, my boy Kyle Kuzma when he uh, bleached his hair a few months back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like, be like sing. <laughs> so I, I I think just from a a cultural reference and like how people will still like use that style. He looked style like Jet Li kind of compared too, to Drew yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what did, did Lethal Weapon Four come out before this or no? Mm, no, after, I know it was I the think. same year, but what? Okay, so around after, okay, time. so I imagine like this is like people might had to have been like, hey, all right, fuck, is this the uh, is this your boy Sing from what do you call it? 
Uh, oh no. Okay, Lethal Weapon came out a month before. Lethal Weapon Four came really? out. Really? Sorry. Uh, yeah, so I gotta imagine people are like, all right, this is maybe this is Jet Li again or something like that because people are racist. Uh, but the yeah, I think uh, no, I I like I his appearance was great. Like because um, the whole time be like, all right, this guy's the big and bad. Like because he comes on the screen pretty early. Does, it, 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 does he actually do the kidnapping? Uh, I'm trying yeah. to recall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so he's he, pretty uh, prominent. He dresses up as, like, a fake cop, and I think he shoots, like, another cop. Okay. Not... Yeah, and he reminded me of, uh, if you guys remember the year before when Tomorrow Never Dies, um, I think they had a similar type of guy in this, too, with, like, Asian guy with blonde hair, uh, with bleach hair, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, like, I was like, this is the look, and uh, he just killed Like, he just killed it, right? Just all of his scenes, um, then particularly, like, the interplay between him and uh, Chris Tucker was just smashing. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Um... I had uh, Philip Baker Hall because I don't know a lot of the Asian actors that were in the rest of all of this. <laughs> so he was like one of the guys I recommended, or, or one of the guys I, I recognized, sorry. Um, and also another great character actor. Um, uh-huh. Most people remember him. Um, from fuck. What else was he in? He's who the hell did he play in this? He was uh, he was in the when they called in the first one, the second one. Uh, I think yeah. he was in the first one, I believe. Oh, he was he was yeah, he was Chris Tucker's uh police chief before he yes okay. before he got uh. Promoted, I'm air quoting, into the FBI. Okay. All right. Why did you like him? Uh, again, because he was one of the only ones I recognized from this all Asian cast. And I just said, I'm shitting. All right, you legit could have legit used any character that was good in this. I feel like this guy had one line. Good too. Like, okay. All right, he was also on. in a movie. I'll plug him. Philip Baker Hall, he was the main character. Great movie uh, about Vegas yeah. gambling. Underrated. Most people have probably not seen it. It's called Hard Eight. Fantastic. Oh, have you that. seen it? You know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. He's I didn't like so it. good in that movie. So that's also why. All right. Why didn't Tom Wilkinson get any love from you, Scott? He had only two lines, too. <laughs> What do you mean? He was like the main. Yeah, he's the main. I mean, I guess you know, he was kind of a born. Like they could, they should just kept saying as the villain. I, don't know I love Part Eight. That's uh, that's Tom basically Wilson. why Philip Baker Hall did it. And I can't believe you've seen that movie. What? Like I'm not. No, I just like that, that seems like a random. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Wait, no, that I'm not good enough, or no, no that's, that's not what you. Both meant. of those things. Oh. <laughs> 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 no. Yeah, uh, no, no, like, no. no. It's like no matter what, even when you I don't know if I've ever met another person who's who's seen that movie because at the end, the whole reason he did it. Oh no, actually, I, we have talked about this because <laughs> yeah. Samuel L. Jackson has a great role in that movie. Remember, he tries to like rob him. You don't think that movie was popular? Cause it had like because it had Gwyneth Paltrow and John C. Riley. I don't and, think uh, it was Philip popular at all. Like okay, all right. Uh, we're going to move on from that, though, uh, and we'll talk hard eight at another time. My phone doesn't work, by the way, Scott. So, uh, so all right, uh, just in case you try to call me to talk about it. 
AKA we already did. We already yeah. did it. We already did it. Good. All right. Perfect. Let's do it. How good is right, uh, Heart 8 versus next... Gattaca? <laughs> We're talking about next, the uh, next topic. <laughs> All right. So, best film of the trilogy. I went, I put number two. Stop I just just the, I thought the humor was better. I thought that I actually liked the plot in that one better, even though like you're kind of which you know, which way do they go or so. And like you get times you got like a lot of time where Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan are alone, and then when they get back together, it's uh, it, it makes them some great comedy. And then with Rosalind Sanchez, Ooh, I was about to say you only saying that because of Rosalind Sanchez. Ooh. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah. Just like even like Chris Tucker, like it like it, they didn't do the thing where like even, I know that they had some repeat lines that. Uh, Jackie Chan used or whatever that Chris, like Chris Tucker had used in the first one that Jackie Chan would repeat. Um, yeah, this like, rolls just, like, a little I thought bit. Chris Tucker was just well, well, yeah, and like Chris Tucker was just fucking on fire with like new comedy, right? Like even the thing where it's like she shows the badge, man. Let me see that again, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> you know, then he's you know he's doing the joshing him around like uh, if he got a kiss from the chick and everything like that. Always right? follow the rich um, guy with the boat. The, <laughs> the rich white guy with the boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, then right. there was that part where, like, he was they, – they were going to kill the chicken in front of him, and he's like, Yeah, Whoa. right. No, no, I'm a cop. No, you don't kill the – no, you don't kill the yeah. chicken. I'm a cop. Right? So now he's, like, uh, rolling but, around with this chicken in, like, the cage. Yes. Yeah. Or when he goes to the guy, look, he's trying to give money, and he gives him, like, a $100 oh, bill. Now really you're speaking good. my language. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, – or... that, that was fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Or later on when it's like – he goes, I need a distraction, right? You got to. You go, man. You go, why can I only have a $10 chip? Now I can have a $100 Right, you yeah, raise it. Not a racist, right? Yeah, man. How can you got no black people performing here, man? What are you talking about? We just had Lionel Richie uh, perform at the, <laughs> at the orchestra. Man, Lionel Richie ain't been blessed with the Commodore. <laughs> he was like, so the okay, like look, we so all go come together. <laughs> Which that yeah. reminds me too, bro. Because like they go from like Hong Kong to then Vegas. It's kind of yeah. Like... What didn't they like? Where, where did they go? like? Were they in? Did they like? Get dropped off back in L.A. and then the sewage line took them. Oh, there was a sewage line. They went. They went. Fucking. They had. I thought they had first class or whatever. No, well, no. But how did they get? I can't. I'm trying to remember this because like they were captured by the uh, Zing Z, uh, Zang the, Z, yeah, right? The triads, the triads, okay. Yeah, yeah. and then oh, like in they the uh, like in the remember they, they, Yeah, and then they, they end up in Vegas because the like, they they go up through these storm drain. Okay, but don't they go through the storm drain and they end up in the Vegas? No, they knocked the security guards out and they were in like a money truck, and and that that was the whole. Okay. Remember, I remember that, that was the whole thing where Chris Tucker was like, "Well, I mean, it's evidence, but I got to spend it on my character." Like, okay, I'm trying to figure out how did they get back to the? When did they go back to the U.S. though? Because like I remember uh, they were like they they were they I remember the truck part and like they the, got they got blamed correct. for um. They got sent back. They got sent back. Yeah, they got blamed for. Oh, you're right. Uh, okay. Up. Like, because the the two uh, service members died. When right, they blew right, up right, the... right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. You're right. Okay. Yeah. And then they go back to then the I know that yeah they get captured and then they end up at the they escape and they end up at the Red Dragon. All right. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, which uh, movie did y'all have? Is the I'm gonna have to I'm gonna go with one, bro. Straight up. So <laughs> I, I I think that it had the most uh, memorable lines. And I think every, anytime people are going to quote anything from Rush Hour, they're going to quote everything from Rush Hour 1. Yeah. And I'm not going to, you know, 
I'm not okay. going to debate this because you already mentioned most of them in your intro, so that right there tells me. It's a great point. That. Okay, well, I was going to go on to number like quote number two and number three or whatever, but then uh, Scott called out how I just kept doing number one. I was like, all right, well, let me just discontinue. All right, so give me give me okay. two quotes from two. Yeah. I already did them. He did. <laughs> hey, yeah, the line, yeah, I did like eight of them. Like the Lionel, I did the Lionel Richie one. Right, 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 right. Well, yeah, no, my bad. Because I, I, misunder- I misunderstood. I thought you meant like I was gonna give you like. Well, two, yeah, two I was gonna more do more that. quotes, but then Scott had told me he goes, "Oh, you, he goes, oh, these are all for number one. I'm like, right. let me let someone else." Uh, yeah, talk but about those whatever. still yeah. aren't like iconic. Like, never touched, you know, never touched the radio and. Okay, yeah, th- yeah, those ones are more iconic. Yeah, I just thought like number like number two had to show it had to outdo that or so. And I was yeah. like, All right, the comedy is like fresh, and they brought something and they brought something new to it. No, they did a good job because it, it didn't become stale like other movies. Like, you know, they use up all their one line one liners in the first one, and then the sequel just has like absolutely nothing. Like, they still came in with some new material, but I just feel like if you had to compare the lines, like I'm yeah. Michael Jackson, you're Tito. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like everything that became iconic and memorable came from one. Yeah. All right. All right. That's a good point. Also, um, also, I hope people don't sleep on number three's quotes too. Like legit, just the, uh, the hey, you know, for information, and I have Chinese now. That's why I leave for the last three years. I'm gonna study the ancient teaching of Buddhism, right? Earn the two black belts at the Wushu martial arts minute every afternoon at the Garden Massage Parlor. It's on Pico and Bundy, right? I'm half. Ch- it did. Uh, Lee goes, uh, if you're half Chinese, I'm half black. I'm your brother, and I'm fly. You down with that, Snoopy? <laughs> That's dope, isn't it? Sorry, Lee, they can't be black. There's a height requirement, right? Or up, man, he goes. Look, I got a look. I got a brother. <laughs> when he tells him that uh, the dude's his adopt or that he's his brother or whatever, man, he goes. I got a brother, too. <laughs> right? He goes. We're best friends, but I snitch on. He, he thinks I tipped the cops on him about his chicken fights oh, in the garage. Jesus. He goes. Look, he, he goes, my own brother thinks I'm a snitch. <laughs> he goes. Man, he goes. I know my chicken lost in the semifinals. But I don't really care. But that was like that shit was just funny. It wasn't like iconic lines. Well, yeah. it wasn't iconic, but no, it was just no, funny. No, I mean, like, that shit I, was I funny, like, though. Like, the, yeah, damn, you lying about this ID? <laughs> she goes, oh, I have a thyroid. You need to start eating them, man? I mean, I'm not going to say that three was my favorite. Like, it was washable. Well, no, all right. I was, uh, yeah, let me see if I can No, it's never going to happen. Well, what, 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 like, which one yeah. did you think was the best film? Uh, definitely one. Like, one was so perfect in a lot of ways i i mean i kind of talked about it earlier but i think it was genius in the sense that like chris tucker was the everyman i loved jackie chan's physical comedy and how he related it 100 percent to like the very limited english that he has um and just the fight scenes I don't know. The fight scenes in two might have been better. Yeah, I no, think they, they were. were. Just like the thing where he like jumps through the little the like the little yeah, slot that, so like, good. Uh, that they have at the yeah. bank, right? Yeah, like that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that. I was like, please, like we. It was like Chris Tucker did take some martial people. arts lessons in two. I was it's about to tough. say that. I think we saw his progression for stunts yeah. in martial arts. Like he got yeah. better. I don't know. One was so good because I just loved 
It was. I love the whole kidnapping Juntao thing. Like it just. So we can so we, uh, we can all agree. We can then. skip that. Yeah, we can skip that topic. Worse from <laughs> Moon Knight's number three. Yeah, we can all agree that three was, three was worse. worse. Yeah. Um. So continuity issues. So I, I put a few. Uh, first, how the fuck uh, did they have any jurisdiction to do anything in Russia? <laughs> it's China. Okay. Like, yeah. I I just feel like like okay. Was they were on vacation in China? It, they like they didn't make any implication that like Jackie Chan had moved back. It didn't seem like. So I I had assumed that he was a cop. Don't remember that, like, you got that you like got that, that call that was like, we need you back on this case. Okay, well, Chris Tucker, no. was he supposed to be on the case too? No, because okay. he was already it, on the plane. Yeah, it okay. wasn't it wasn't yeah. a call he from the police. Right. It was the call from who we thought was <laughs> the bad guy triad guy who killed his dad who didn't. Or whatever, right? Okay. Did okay. Did did two take place directly after one? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. literally the same yeah, plane ride. Technically, so the, did. Yeah. The flight, okay. Yeah. Were the clothes as, different? As, yeah, as I mean their clothes are different. Like, how's, your, again. how's your camel's hump? All right. Maybe maybe we'll just say it was like a fit since it was a fifteen or eighteen hour flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had that, and then also I had what do you call it? Uh, another thing I had is that uh, Sue Young sort of aged kind of quickly. Look um, at her now, Jesus. Nine years. Yeah, there's nine years in between Rush Hour Three and Rush Hour One, even though it seems like it took forever or so. She just seemed like because she was like a little, little, little girl yeah. or whatever, right? Uh, like uh, she seemed like she was like six or seven um, in the first one. Uh, I guess it's not like. But she seemed like she was like very much twenty four. How old, how the fuck old was she supposed to be in number three? Like true. Uh, she just seemed older. Early twenties. Just seemed at older. <clears throat> okay, yeah, like uh, yeah. I guess like without knowing their age or whatever. But she just seemed like they did age her. Like, and they obviously didn't use the same uh, actress or whatever. Maybe she was um, supposed to be twelve. Which I think it's. I don't know. Okay. All right. I don't think right. so, so, but you're yeah, right. That, that was. <laughs> Yeah, that was the only. That was like the main. Uh, th- that was those were the main ones I had. Um, wait, did I? And then what happened to Rosalind Sanders? Yeah. Let's keep it one hundred. All right. We see a picture of her in number three, but he doesn't talk yeah. about her at all. Um, and like they don't make really too many reference. Like yeah, they don't. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck happened? Well, they kind of did that with the other, um, the other woman that was in the oh, first Chris movie. Chris Tucker's partner. Yeah. The, well, it the wasn't Latina it was, chick. like his homegirl? Yeah. Well, that, that, remember she was like mad because like they're supposed to be partners, but he's like, I, I mean, I don't do well, remember, partners. remember the the other thing is that he they invited him to the FBI, and at the end of the first season, he goes, "Nah, I don't want to be part of your FBI," and so he, exactly LAPD. But then it's like pretty obvious that he's got like a double of seven status, <laughs> like later on or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but so, like they yeah, kind of had like a love hate relationship. Like uh, I only know because he just kept referring to her as Johnson. Mm. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah. He doesn't he say that like, he told everyone at the Christmas party that they yeah, slept that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she like they seemed like it, it's weird because like she didn't. It was seem like they don't like him <laughs> or whatever. But she was mad that he wasn't being a good partner, mm. which was weird. Because like they are all glad like that misfortune hit him, right? 
when he had to when he got this case or whatever. I mean, she wished him nothing but the worst, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any continuity issues? Yeah, outside? so like I mean, obviously like we talked about some of the stuff earlier. Like I had mentioned that um one of the issues I had was like how they kept traveling, you know? So it's like mm-hmm. The first one takes place in L.A., and then the second one, it's like, oh, we go to Hong Kong, and now we go back to L.A., then we go to Las Vegas. And then the third one, it's like, we randomly end up in Paris, and it's kind of like, what the fuck? But yeah. my other issue also is, like, Inspector Lee's role, because, mm. like, the first one, he gets introduced as, like, a former, you know, confidant of um, of the ambassador. And so yeah. he, he trusts him to bring him on to also investigate uh, the kidnapping because he doesn't really trust in like the U.S. Uh, like police and the, and the FBI, and then obviously the second one like he goes back to his role and he's he's in in Hong Kong and he's Chief Inspector Lee, and then the third one, uh-huh. all of a sudden now he's the bodyguard to the ambassador. So it's kind of like all right, so you used to be his bodyguard, then you went back to being a cop, then now you're back to being the bodyguard. You know, it's just kind of like what the fuck is it? At least yeah. they kept some sort of like consistency with like Carter, where he remained LAPD. He just went from detective to now traffic cop. Yeah. And the other thing I was gonna say, I I agree with you with like the Su Young thing, like the way that the time of the movie was supposed to be spaced out. It's like two goes right after the first one, and then the third one's supposed to take place three years after the second one yeah so you, essentially yeah, okay that's what i was okay. gonna say all right okay so i didn't know that okay yeah so, so that makes sense then yeah um, yeah like a this three is a and huge continuity hour. issue that girl was not no, no fucking 15 <laughs> not even about the girl three and a half music and opening theme uh well sorry there wasn't really an opening theme obviously um but i think that the musical cues that they use in this like between mixing some of the uh chinese uh brilliant the chinese music uh to it like yeah, like during and like during some of the action scenes or so. With um, sorry, not saying that they use the Chinese uh, theme during the action scenes, right? But just like the scoring of this, and then the little hints and infusions of uh, uh, sort of uh, Chinese and different uh, Eastern music or so um, during like some transitions or whatever, I really love. Yeah, yeah. The third one, I, I think that might be the best thing that they did. Was the music yeah, I, actually? I agree with that. Yeah, Scott, did you buy the album for number one? I might have. <laughs> you had the soundtrack, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, but, I'm, but I'm saying the music um, is better in the first Scott. one, but I think they integrated it better in the third one. Does that make sense? Okay, makes sense, yeah. I mean, yeah. my biggest my biggest thing was with it was like the inclusion of um, like older music that is obviously like well-known uh, amongst like you know society so like uh for example like the inclusion of um don't the song don't stop till you get enough by michael jackson at the beginning of rush hour 2 like they made a whole scene about that like the chinese man is singing the song and like chris tucker gets upset he's like he's ruining a classic and basically goes and like kicks him off the stage and then he takes over and now he's got a bunch of girls around this is real by the way obviously like he did his whole like the Asians <laughs> love fucking karaoke. Doesn't matter what culture, and that's not racist. Oh, yeah. You can say an entire continent of people love karaoke over there. <laughs> but I mean, like just just the way that he yeah. shut that down, and like then he did his like infamous like Michael Jackson impression, which like obviously they're like they were homies in real life, you know. So that was 
cool to see. But I think the more iconic one was like in the first one where um you know they start playing the song War yes. by Edwin Starr. And so like obviously like Jackie Chan starts singing it and then you have that line where he's like, Man, you ain't singing it right, you ain't got no soul. And so like they're going back and forth, like singing the lines right. of the song and then they have like that whole like karate karate duel, you know? So like Great the inclusion yeah. of those songs kind Great of just point. like created those scenes. So that's that's what stood out to me. That's a great point. I mean, uh, all right. And so the timeless versus time passes by. Um, sort of time passes by. Uh, the racism and the racial jokes and the fat jokes. Um, by Chris Tucker. Just we're uh, beyond that, Scott. You don't um, think so? Also, okay. Uh, then also Roman Polanski getting a job in a movie in 2007 is a completely yes. bad look. They didn't even market that he was in the film in like in like uh, in the U.S. and uh, in Canada and a few other countries. For reasons. All right, uh, let me say this. Right. So for timeless versus time passed by, um, I found that the setting of Rush Hour One, which had taken place around like the British handover of Hong Kong back to the Chinese government. Um, I feel like that in itself is timeless, um, just because of the circumstances of the events that have unfolded, uh, just this past summer and what's going on even still today, because there's still conflict, um, within like, you know, Hong Kong being an autonomous region and took over the the whole uh, movement. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, it it was just interesting to see like going back and watching the movie today it's like oh shit like obviously like we always knew about the handover but just the plot line around it and you know with the actual jun tao and like what his stance was on it like it, it was just interesting to see and so that's why for me that that particular segment was um timeless but i think wiggins is right i think as far as like time passed it by um some of those cultural references may be uh, a little insensitive for today oh come uh, on especially given you guys are today's... getting all fucking well no no i'm not no. i'm just saying like <laughs> now with just like the uh a lot of the racism that was dealt uh, mm. to the asian community because of like, oh, everything else and so like it's 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 fun i think it's fun to poke jokes like if if you're around your friends like you know me and wiggins might cap at each other but it'll never be related towards like things that are outside of like who we are as individuals you know like we'll 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 poke fun at each other for like sports teams like you know wiggins might shit on me over like the cowboys and the lakers and things like that but like it won't go outside of you know little things like that and i i think that's where he was getting at with that particular comment was that you know you can cap on each other but once it turns into more like personal and racial dynamics and at that point it gets all right little, so like, a lot of the cultural references are just based on stereotypes and sometimes those stereotypes can be seen negatively so that that's i don't think wiggins and i are trying to be too pc with this i think we're just coming from a stance of like hey Maybe you should chill on some hundred percent, you know. But to each your own, bro. Like you, you feel how you feel. You know, me and Wiggins are standing, obviously, our ground. No, I get it too, because because no, but, for real. Like one of one of like my, and I feel like this is a weakness of mine. Is that like because 
so many of the people I'm so close with are not uh, like basic white dudes or basic white people. Like I don't. Which we don't have a problem with. We don't have any. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. But my, my point is like, because that's not my experience in my life, like I don't get how they get all comfortable, like uncomfortable when they're like, oh my God, there's, there's more Latinos here than there are whites. Like, it's just. So, all right. All right. Completely understand. We got to continue yeah, the topic. So like legit. Went off um, on a tangent. No, it's good. Uh, yeah. All right. So, what? famous audition. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so damn surprised, you know? <laughs> uh, okay, so, famous audition. So, when coming up with this, originally they wanted Martin Lawrence, the studio had wanted Martin Lawrence to play Detective Carter, and they also wanted uh, Chris Farley be in the role. Oh, shit. Um, and then, eventually, they changed their mind on Chris Farley to be Jackie Chan. Um, Way so better I'm choice. Sure, uh, even before Chris... Yeah, even before Chris Farley died, they wanted, what do you call it? Um, uh, I know that they, like, I don't know how, it would have been awful with that, I'm sorry. Um, the other choices were Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle to play uh, Detective Carter as well. I mean, I don't think they would have gone wrong, like, with Chris Farley playing, like, the opposite uh, racial cop. But I don't think it would have been as iconic. Like, I think it would have just blended into, like, all these other buddy cop movies that we've received like, I think there's a reason why this movie stands out in particular is because of the cultural differences between, like, East Correct. and West. Like, yeah, totally. You know, so, like, I, I think that's what made this movie stand out the most. And So, for our final topic, we're going to subvert things a little bit. Sort of how Rush Hour subverted the old uh, buddy cop genre. And, well... So for the so for the part that most of you skipped through, um, I imagine we're gonna go and instead of a just Bauer Internet conspiracy, we are gonna be doing a Bauer Family Internet conspiracy because we've got a very special guest joining us. That is Cincy Mike. What is going Cincy down, y'all? Mike. And and shout out to the whole Bauer family of which Cincy Mike is part. Cincy Mike, say hello. One eighth of the entire family, but that's because we're not Catholic. Shout out to the motherfuckers. <laughs> if, it was, if it was Catholic, we'd make up one one hundred and twenty eighth. I was gonna say we have way less Catholics in the family. I wasn't really sure where you were coming from with this. All right, we're, we're, this conspiracy theory, we, uh, look, we all love Chris Tucker. We do. Every one of us. I think that's a 100% agreement. But there's, you know, some stuff going around. W- what do you think about this, Michael? I mean, you know, I love Chris Tucker myself. Like, he was always the original OG. Like, the first time I ever went to Burbank or L.A., I wanted to see the food chow restaurant in Chinatown. <laughs> like, and, and you remember Ben's, right? We used to play Halo. Yeah, I like Ben's. Ben's is cool. <laughs> the yeah. first food we ever used to surf with in Ventura. And remember his, his big ass? This, this dude was, wait, for the audience. This was kind of like, uh, no, 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 the audience should know. 
this was it's kind of like this this white guy with a ponytail like from the midwest but was like total goth was into icp but like also loved the beach boys like yeah yeah like drinking faco like faco faco or Chow restaurant there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And Mr. Jun Chow was off. He was, he was, he was done. He was Mr. Jun Chow. <laughs> no, the conspiracy theory though is uh, is some Ep- is some Epstein stuff though, right? He was on the 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 flight logs of Lolita Express, but we don't know what he did, right? Hey, his dick sucked by a seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> uh, what if they needed to just drag someone else who had some cred into this whole thing to cover up what well, they were doing? You know what I mean? I think he got fooled, like, uh, to incriminate him, you know what I mean? It's in the mid-2000s, right? 2005, 2006. Was this before, was this after Wake, Chris Tucker, or uh, lots of Bob Evans, uh, Peach Cobbler, Chris Tucker? (laughs) I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. I think that Chris Tucker, and I'm not, again, I'm not mad at him. He's not, like, the uh, sole proprietor of, uh, you know, absolute inequity when it comes to treating little girls bad. But, look, at the end of the day, what happened was he was caught up in a scandal where he got straight up some pictures taken of him where he looks bad. Now, at the same time, could that have been me? Could that have been you? Could that have been anybody who was famous at the time that liked, you know, listen, we all like 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds. And so the problem... This is a whole blackmail scheme to cover their tracks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, got, he got caught up being blackmailed in a month where he, 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 yeah. So I'm not, I ain't mad at Chris Tucker now. I ain't got no hate against Chris Tucker on that. Now, Stacy, on the other hand, I have a I have a bone thing with him because he knows Jeff Epstein. He's known him for about twenty years. 
20 years. Mr. Junta? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. This is the whole point. This is what I love about Rush Hour. It's like, I think they're like in a very, uh, very like articulate way describing like who the power behind a lot of this motherfucking shit was. Like from the very first episode. Man, Brett Ratner's getting a lot of credit. <laughs> Brett Ratner's getting a lot of credit. True. That conservative, well, I mean, because they brought that conservative schoolboy shit over there. All right. I think that's enough time on this because we all love Chris Tucker. And I think we all think Chris Tucker was set up and he didn't know what was going on. And even if he did, he's a good artist. Maybe it's like Dave Chappelle said, you know, it's like, man, the economy's not going so well. The war in Iraq isn't going so well. Chris Tucker, we're going to need you for this one. <laughs> I know he said Michael Jackson, but that's going to be my defense <laughs> of him. <laughs> All right, Cousin Michael, Cincy Michael, I love you, bro, your fam. I love it that you're still just rocking Ohio. You've been all over the world. This guy is not just this dude from Ohio who doesn't know shit. He's been literally more all over the world than me. We love you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, peace out to the fam. And he's Thank got you. the coolest dog name in the world. Tell us what your dog's name is. Barker Mayfield. Barker Mayfield. Nice. Cleveland Browns all the way. Yeah, baby. All right, we'll nice. talk to you I soon. Love it. Man, thanks. Peace out. Um, what did we learn today, guys, about the Rush Hour trilogy before we go? Chris Tucker was set up. <laughs> Jackie Chan uh, does everything on his own and if if chris tucker would be more jackie chan in real life he never would have got set up (laughs) um i've learned that it is impossible to have an asian woman in a movie and her not to be attractive Uh, (laughs) because like if there was any like if there was any sort of confusion around that the last jedi rose oh my okay uh so I tell you, yeah, like, I think Rush Hour 2, uh, I think Rush Hour 2 solidified it during their scene when, um, well, the, the whole movie solidified it. Let's keep it 100. And then Rush Hour 3 just doubled down on it. Um, and, yeah, there's no debate. They are probably the most beautiful women on the planet, legit. Interesting. So, yeah. Scott, what'd you learn? I learned um, that you never touched with the black man's radio. Boy, uh, <laughs> I learned uh, that you shouldn't assume uh, that someone shouldn't speak Chinese when they do speak Chinese. <laughs> I think it, the line's even longer too. Yeah, it is well, even longer than that. And right. <laughs> uh, I also learned. I also learned that no matter what culture you're from, no matter who you are, no matter what happens to you in your life. You could have a father who believed in something really good and instilled that in you, and you can find identity with other men through that, and that's what our goal should be as men in our lives. Oh, that's very touching. (laughs) Hopefully there's a number four. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening for the Rush Hour uh, Trilogy Edition. The binge is a symbol. We out.
Peace.